it was kind of surreal. I was there just after the earthquake. We have all the aftershocks. And I could see all the chaos and destruction. Why I should continue to live if all this have to happen to me? Bienvenue, or welcome. I'm your host, Leslie Friday. Thank you for listening to Voices of Haiti, a Partners in Health podcast that shares the stories of our Haitian colleagues as they reflect on the January 12, 2010 earthquake. Today, we share the story of a doctor who is among the first employees of Zamila Sante, as Partners in Health is known in Haiti. My name is Maxime Monville. Right now, I'm running the Mira Valley Hospital as the executive director. But before, I used to run women's health as a coordinator, you know, because I'm an obituary. But before he took on any of these leadership roles, Maxi first got to know Zamila Sante as a young physician. Like all doctors in Haiti, he had to complete one year of social service in a public hospital or clinic. Maxi was assigned to a rural squatter community called Kanj, which is also where Zamila Sante started more than 30 years ago. Most of the physicians have been trained, you know, to stay in the capital city or even in the urban area. But my experience, you know, when I was starting in Zamila Sante, and I was really interesting to the community health program where you are getting support from the health community-based workers and you can participate to some mobile clinics in the villages. That's where I really understand all of these challenges addressing healthcare in the real area. But I think community health, it was one of the great things that I was learning when I was studying, you know, at Zamila Sante in Kanj. Kanj, it's a, it's, a, it's a village, and um, it was only one healthcare center in this area. But at this time, you know, the world is really in bad shape. That year of service greatly influenced the type of doctor Maxi wanted to be. He was struck by the struggle women faced to receive quality health care. He decided to return to the capital of Port-au-Prince to complete a residency in obstetrics and gynecology. Even during my residency program, I always think about I need to go back again, you know, in the real area to see how I can continue to provide service at this level. It was really important for me the first year that I was spending in Kanji before to go to my residency program. And even during my residency program, it was really helpful in terms of understanding all of these challenges to women coming to the hospital. They cannot afford to buy medicine. They cannot afford to buy, you know, some basic supplies. And I understand all of these challenges to these vulnerable women, you know, to get access to healthcare. Maxi witnessed this struggle in his early career as an OBGYN in Kanj. Little did he know, though, that his patient's situation would become more dire decades later with a devastating 2010 earthquake. During the earthquake, I remember and I feel the house was shaking and I'm saying, what's happening? And I remember, you know, someone said, you know, calm down, you know, you know, get out, get out. It took us maybe less than 10 to 15 minutes, you know, to feel you know, the aftershock. And at this time, it was really serious. And we decided, you know, to get out and leave the place. But it took us a few hours, you know, before to get news from Port-au-Prince. We lost any radio signal. We lost anything in terms of um, communication. But 
it was slowly and we get you know news from PowerPoint to learn what's happening at this time it was um really difficult because a large part of the staff they are coming from PowerPoint because their families are living in PowerPoint and um, there's a lot of concern and nobody knows exactly what is happening in PowerPoint and um, a few people they are talking about to go in PowerPoint to see and I think the the group who decided to go in PowerPoint there's no way they can they can they can penetrate in the city because it was too complicated roads were blocked by debris landmarks had collapsed and bodies were piled along the roadsides this was not the Haiti they recognized so many Zamila Sante staff returned to Kanj to await news of their family and friends and at this time you can feel how concerns were rising more and more and more because nobody cannot hear about the, the family members. But some of them, they hear about the family members after a few days. It was really tough at this time. It takes us, you know, around 20 to 24 hours before we see a bunch of patients, you know, coming from PowerPoint because all of this healthcare infrastructure, they are destroyed. Everyone, they're trying, you know, to get somewhere to get access to care. And in most of the cases, you know, they are coming, there's really trauma, and it was hard, you know, to address all of this burden at the same time, let the hospital running, you know, to provide services, primary care, even deliveries at this time. And um, when the number of patients coming from PowerPoints were increasing, and we have to move most of these patients outside of the hospital. And so Maxi and Father LaFontaine who was the local priest and an incredible ally of Zamila Sante, decided to move patients into the nearby church. Father Lafontaine was transformed, you know, a big priest in the church, as an hospital, you know, bring beds. And um, it was really, really interesting at this time to see how everyone, you know, come together and, you know, to try to help. That type of camaraderie forms a strong bond. So strong, in fact that Maxi had a hard time separating himself from the work. The next two, three months after the earthquake, and I was sitting only in one place in Kanj, but it was really hard for me, you know, to leave this place even one month after the earthquake. And two months after the earthquake, and some people said, oh, Dr. Maxi, maybe you need some relief. And I, and I did not feel I can leave this place. It was too stressful, too emotional. And I can say I spent really, really full three months, you know, on this place after the earthquake. And it's, it's only after three months, you know, I was going back in PowerPoint, you know, to spend some time with my family members. But in terms of emotion, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Maxi still thinks of those patients he couldn't save, not because he didn't have the medical expertise to do so, but because he didn't have the right stuff, space, and systems in place to provide quality care. Some of these memories, you know, are coming back when you see a few patients that you cannot really help. And I remember all of these crushing injuries, thanks. And a few patients continue to develop kidney failure. And I have some difficulties to understand, even to feel a Patient, you know, they are calm, but I think because all of this 
structure you know fell on this patient and they developed really bad shape complication and i was really mostly emotional about the death of um one of these patients you know really young and we could not help to provide any care in terms of um, dialysis but because we were providing you know only for basic services in, in country at this time we could not provide you know treatment for kidney failure and the best way you know you should do that it's, it's dialysis so we could not get access to dialysis at this time so most of a few of my patients you know they're dying because of the kidney failure all of these things remind me how important it is to reinforce, you know, the healthcare system in Haiti. That's why Zamila Sante's construction of University Hospital in Mirabalay was so pivotal after the earthquake. The 300-bed teaching facility opened in March 2013, just three years after the earthquake, and quickly became a hub for specialized care in rural Haiti. Since 2013, when we started this, Project in the idea is to just build another hospital. But after a lot of discussion, we think more and more if something happening again, we need to get at least a place that you can address you know, at least something. And that was the reason to have a big hospital. And if you look at right now, Miambale, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of the level of care we are providing, in terms of the training services, I think you need to take into account this big big piece in the system right now. University Hospital is steadily building the next generation of Haitian physicians. Since 2013, its medical residency programs have graduated dozens of Haitian doctors and nurses who now provide care across the country in anything from surgery to pediatrics and obstetrics and gynecology to emergency medicine. Dr. Philip Dimitri Enris is among those graduates and was featured in the first and fourth podcast episodes. He now works in Anche, a small city where he is one of two emergency medicine physicians at his hospital. Haiti has a few emergency dogs. They are not enough, it's a drop in the ocean. But I think this project shows how when you put the basic things, you can do it. So... Yes, you need the infrastructure, you need the supplies, you need the system. And at the same time, it's really important, you know, to try to see how you can not only train people how to attend them, but after 10 years, you can say the majority of these people who are trained in this hospital, you know, they are staying. Maxi deserves credit for helping Zami Lasante reach that goal. He was once a young doctor looking for meaningful work, and found it in Kanj. Thanks to University Hospital, he has been able to help educate and inspire other doctors and nurses who now also believe that everyone deserves a right to quality care everywhere in Haiti. We are really proud about Haitian people, about their resilience to all of these problems. You know, it's, it's always something. If it's not political instability, it's disaster. It's not natural disaster, it's earthquake. So, if it's always something, but again, the resilience and the hope, it's really important, you know, to keep, keep the faith. Continue to learn and explore more stories about Zamila Sante and PIH by visiting pih.org backslash Haiti. 
Follow Voices of Haiti on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. And look for us at Partners in Health on Instagram or at PIH on Twitter. And DM us with any comments or questions. As always, thank you for listening and talk to you again on the next episode.